Happy Monday, everybody, and welcome back to Brown Bag Bets, powered by BetSports. We are your daily dose of quick hit handicapping and sports betting picks. I'm Alex Christensen, and joining me as always, Mr. Andy Molitor. What a great weekend of sports. Arena Sabalenka completes the comeback for the Women's Championship. Novak Djokovic basically beats the pants off Sitsipas. Well, I guess we've got two tiebreakers. Maybe it was a little closer. Um, it's my 76ers. The should-be MVP, Joel Embiid, leads the comeback against the Denver Nuggets. I'm sure there was some sort of great hockey game that I missed, but I think that's everything. There wasn't anything else going on this weekend that was worth watching, right? Yeah, now that Bruce Boudreaux has been relieved of his duties, I have not paid attention to hockey at all. We'll get back to it once we get to the – fuck, we'll talk about it Friday. Probably talk about it tomorrow when Matt's in. And then, yeah, Patrick, I forgot Max Homa. I was the only one who didn't have the Homa ticket, but I had some – I did well in matchups. Congrats to – Ryan Noonan and Mr. Ron Kloss, my Betsperts golf colleagues, both had Homa. In fact, Ryan had Homa and Keegan. So, like, once it got down late and Ryder finally goofed up, he had the first and second place guy. It didn't really matter how it was going to go from there. So, congrats to them. Probably run some sort of promo. Check that out on Twitter. I'm, if we win, I'm just going to keep running promos. I don't care. Just giving away. I'm, I'm like a used car salesman. Like, I'm just giving away money. Like, the price like is... Like Mattress this, Mac. Yeah. You win the bet, Ma- you give the money back. Max Homa's scores are dropping, and so are my prices. I can't help it. But, uh, yeah, no, golf was fun. I actually watched a lot of the uh, the other tournament in the desert, as Dan has just posted on his Twitter. The, uh, the shots are so... It's beautiful. Like it's silly to think like a city can be more beautiful than some of the the pristine nature that we've seen in like the Hawaiian stuff. But my God, it's just cool looking at some of those shots. It's the dichotomy and of it. The Dubai Desert Classic. Yeah, there is a dichotomy between like the the palm trees and the lush grass, and then the huge city out there. So that was fun. The NFL games weren't actually good, but you can still enjoy bad games. As how how can you do well, Andy? You could have bet on the Eagles, which I did. And it doesn't cheapen the money for me. It still spends the same. I kind of wish we would have had a little bit more of a game. But it's one of those where never has an Eagles bet felt safer once they put Brock Purdy in. Like, oh, no. Back in. They've hit the forfeit button without hit. Like, if that was tennis, that's just a a retirement. Like, well, we're just going to run the ball even though we're down multiple scores. And You know, we'll get into more of that this week, especially on the deep dive. We'll do a – a full, uh, you know, oh, tonight. Tonight we're going to do a full kind of autopsy of both games. But, yeah, that the second half of that game was a slog. Just watching poor Kyle Shanahan with both hands tied behind his back, still trying to, you know, just trot a team out there and do anything. U-G-L-Y, no alibi. And the second game was good, despite a lot of errors by both teams and the refs, you know, coming in in some high-leverage spots. But, again, I had some... I had some KC futures. I had a KC Philly uh, parlay, essentially. So I was happy with the results. I was happy to see one fan base sad. And, yeah, now we got two weeks. Glad we got this all out of the way because we got two weeks to talk about it, guys. It's exciting. I'm, I'm already started looking at some of the prop menus. I know my um, annual Super Bowl first quarter unders and no scores for the first however many minutes. Can't wait to put those in. That's going to be a lot of fun. And for the NFL's rigged crowd – just just stop it's officiating they got put in some weird spots i think that most of the calls it turns out they made were correct um you know it took them a little while to get there i mean the play redo 
that's one of the strangest things that's ever happened in an NFL game. I, I didn't even know that was a thing, but if they really did run on the field and blow the play dead, uh, it doesn't count. Like, yeah, I, that, know, I mean, it's... that happens a lot. It just usually stops before they actually throw the pass and tackle them. It was just really, really loud. Yeah, we had that and we had the wire. Where they, they like did the, the wire, wire get was, hit by the pond, which is super weird. That's pretty but, shameful. They don't have some camera or some way of seeing that because that's what we were sitting. I was sitting with a bunch of Eagles fans watching that. They were all furious because at that point the game was still kind of close and Purdy hadn't gotten hurt yet. But uh, it didn't seem like they had a good camera angle on that. Like, shouldn't the camera on the wire have an angle of that? Like, well, not only that, but like, yeah, can't they just go to the camera on the wire and sync it up? And like, when you think it hit the wire, if the camera does this, like. It might have hit the wire. I, yeah, I it's got to be a better solution. I'm sure there's, you know, obviously there's stabilization technology with a camera that expensive, but I, I would think you could tell. So, yeah, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not in the like NFL's. Here's the thing, the NFL is so incredibly bad at everything they do for being a multi-billion-dollar company. If they tried to rig a game, they'd screw it up. Like it, it would be so poorly botched. Like that's why. That's why. That's I don't, a great point. You can't say the NFL is stupid, but also say they rig games. And I mean, if anything, what we saw in these both these games, what's more chaotic than a football game? Like that was insanity. Again, I I, I was kind of impressed the refs were able to keep any modicum of control at all. And even in the second game, like man, that thing really could have gone south. Trent Williams throwing a guy down it was pretty awesome. Like that hey, was... by the way, we should talk about the line. What'd you think of the line? Chiefs uh, open as yeah, favorites, and... and the Eagles get bet. So Drew and I did halftime yesterday, and we both went on record. Drew said two and a half. Uh, Casey should be favored by, I said two. And then it opened to pick them, and it went the opposite way. Now, there are a fair amount of injuries for the Kansas City Chiefs. Not only the, the wide receivers, but the defensive pieces. Mahomes was pretty hobbly still later in the game, where I think some of uh, his concussion water was wearing off. Or whatever he took the tour at all so i mean it still has to be noted that he was not mobile he really didn't run that much he didn't scramble that much that matters but i think the, the really weird piece is like jalen hurts you know took some shots and then essentially they ran the ball 17 times in a row and his fastball didn't look great either so both quarterbacks injured but with two weeks to go i guess we'll track this there was some buyback this morning I've mostly been tracking Chris. They took weird limits to start, by the way, for like the first half hour. Other places were taking big limits. Chris said a thousand bucks tops. That's it. And it was still jumping all over the board, but they did get up to two and a half. There's places that have touched Eagles three. Bookmaker Chris down to uh, down to a flat two. Total has ticked back up to around 50. I know some places opened 51. That got bet down a touch, but I don't know. I'm, I'm waiting for entry news. There is, it is going to be a problem. You, I mean, Mahomes was dinged up in that matter too, but the offense without Tony and, you know, uh, you know when you're starting Matt Kemp, it's like your wide receiver too. That offense didn't look great at times. Pacheco got a little dinged up. So we'll see if, uh, you know, if there's a bunch of, it's, if it's like a cluster injury to your skill position players, I, I could be down with this being a, a pick or Philly minus one, I guess. We'll see. I kind of want to watch Mahomes practice a little too. 
We'll see. We've got two weeks to break it all down. And like you said, it's there's a lot of flies in the ointment here. We don't know which quarterbacks are healthy, if any of them. Like you said, the Chiefs, are, are they going to have anybody to even catch or run the ball at this point? Like, it's a mess. And I'm sorry, Lake Show, no. We are not going to be uh, – well, unless Andy has a big surprise for me. I don't think we're going to be doing shows for Media Row. D- Drew hit me with that yesterday. He's like, do you want to just go to Arizona? So there's there's a small chance, but it's more of, hey, do you want to go to Arizona and do P.O.T.? kind of thing and also say hi to some nfl people so i don't know maybe we'll go see who's down there also uh yeah i had to check into the the laws in arizona on certain things and check into flights too might go down there haven't told the haven't told the wife one way or the other i kind of floated the idea out there last night and we'll see how that goes so possibly 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 but let's bet on some stuff uh NBA, college basketball, tennis, golf. So let's get into all of it, guys. So starting with something you have really been bending your mind around all morning. Don't think I don't pay attention to the NBA chat. You do read a little bit of that, which is nice. We've got eight games this morning, um, two picks. You know, the other six games, as I quickly look through, my Sixers host the Philadelphia uh, the Orlando Magic. My Sixers, our Magic. Um, kind of lean towards the Magic here, but if Embiid is going to be in, that's a really tough game for Orlando. So have to wait on that. Uh, at the Sacramento Kings visit your Minnesota Timberwolves. I don't know if they'll be lighting the beam tonight in Sacramento, but it does seem like a good spot for your Timberwolves' dogs. Again, got to wait to see how the injury report shakes out. The Spurs are playing the Wizards. Just do something else. Don't think about that game. Um, kind of like the Pistons as underdogs against Dallas, but um, we'll see what's going on with Luka there. The Suns-Raptors game is, again, is another one. Do something else. Watch a movie. Spend some time with your friends. Don't think about Spurs-Raptors. Spurs, I'm sorry, Raptors-Suns. And then Hawks-Trailblazers. Dan's team, very, very appealing as an underdog in Portland, but I've yet to pull the trigger. Two bets I have made, though, and the first one is kind of what you're talking about. Um, This Lakers-Nets total, no LeBron, no Anthony Davis. That generally means it's Russell Westbrook time. The pace is going to be way up. The Lakers will be up and down the floor, really pushing the ball. It's been a great spot for overs for them. The Nets without Kevin Durant, with all their shooters, with Kyrie Irving, with less defense, have been still putting up some huge numbers. And again, the pace has quickened for them quite a bit. So I had this total in the mid-230s and was a little confused this morning. It's been pushed around. Um, It's still sitting here uh, right at 230, but it seemed like it was being bet down a little bit, and it's kind of steadied out. So I'm curious to see where the market goes or if there's something maybe I missed there, but that seems like a really nice over spot. And then the Oklahoma City Thunder, you know, one of the best home teams in the NBA um, in terms of covering and in terms of achieving better performance than they do in general against one of the worst road teams in the NBA, the Golden State Warriors. Um, Looks like the Warriors have everybody going tonight. Curious to see if maybe they do rest a couple guys, but even if they have the full lineup in here, um, I'm a little bit nervous. Thunder don't have Lou Dort tonight. He'd be a nice piece defensively against some of these Golden State Warriors guards, but no big men here that are really going to trouble Oklahoma City. The Thunder basically have no centers. Um, Just really no big men to be seen on that team, and anytime they run into a team that either attacks the rim a lot or has a couple big guys, really struggle, but that's what we have here in Golden State. Um, not really too many guys making moves towards the basket. Again, no real center to speak of, you know, with all due respect to Draymond Green and Kevon Looney. They're not, you know, big guys. They're going to crush you on the inside. So really like the matchup here. And, and my numbers have this closer to a two-point game. So happy to take the five points at the Thunder. Um, again, see a little bit like that. Um, yeah, Kevin, in terms of the MVP market, let me just pull up the lines here. I didn't get a chance to check, but 
it really does feel like to me that Joel Embiid should be, if not the favorite, pretty much tied as favorites with Jokic at this point. And I know that everyone's talking about, you know, they're not going to give it to Jokic three times in a row. And I've said that a bunch, but it's it seems he's been fantastic. He really has been good. But I think what Embiid did last night is something that people remember now. You have to trust Joel Embiid to be healthy for the rest of the season, which we know there'll probably be a few games that he misses. But if the Sixers make the push for the one seed, he's got a chance. So if you're thinking about Embiid, bet a little bit on MVP, bet a little bit on the Sixers to finish at the one seed. Um, you know, we'll see. Um, why isn't this loading? I'm trying to see what the actual price is. I think Embiid is actually the favorite. Uh, no, actually, he's not. Um, Jokic is now the favorite, minus 115 to win the MVP. I'm looking at Embiid plus 260. So I'm going to go in and see what the best numbers I can get at Embiid are. Or again, look around and see if we can get the Sixers one seed at a decent number. But it was a really big game. So we'll see how it goes. And I believe that is my. I have to pull up my sports book here. And this one is going to get buried because I've bet a lot of stuff since. But I still have the Philadelphia 76ers to beat the Denver Nuggets in the finals at 175 to one, as I did my, my uh, NBA. Oh, that would be sweet. They did not let me bet very much on that, but it would probably still be 10 uh, bucks. Maybe yeah, five. It would still be a very nice payout if, uh, if that were to be the, and truthfully, I would probably hedge that. I don't hedge much, but if those two teams get to the finals, I will have to bet. And it's hard to say what the price would be at that point based on, form six months from now and the injuries and God knows what's happened in that. But I'd probably take a little swing on the nuggets there just to have some cash come out of that because it's the NBA, not exactly my strong suit. As people are pointing it out, uh, the NBA apologized to LeBron. That was actually kind of a fucked up apology. Like they, that was like a breakup letter kind of like, I can't sleep at night. And Oh my God, I, I need to be better. And you're going to make me a better, you're going to make it me was a very better dramatic. Man. It was very over the top. I didn't fully understand who they put in charge of that. Um, I mean, it was a huge mistake. If you go back and look at it, LeBron yeah, I mean, gets it, yeah, they, absolutely they smacked up. on the arm. You can see it clearly. You can hear it clearly. And refs miss calls. Like that was that was worse than any any call that happened in any either of the football games yesterday. I mean. That was just a blatant missed call. It really affected the game. There was no way for them to challenge it. It did lead to one of my favorite things that's ever happened. I've never seen a player um, do what Patrick Beverly did. He walked over, um, grabbed one of the cameras from the cameraman on the side, and walked over to show the refs um, what the mistake they had made. Now, of course, that's an immediate technical foul, but yep. um, that was funny. Pat, Pat Bev, don't give, don't give a bleep. That's what uh, – Pat Bev, you love him if he's on your team. You hate him if he's not. I kind of love him either way. He's kind of a he's a fun guy. I did and I did have the benefit of having him on my team last year, which was great. So, um, those some really good teams you talked about there. Let's uh, let's mix it up a little and not talk about good. Let's teams. Go the other way. Very very light slate on a Monday. Like you don't have a ton. There are some Summit League games. Um, we have South Dakota taking on Oral Roberts. That's kind of yeah. like the bottom. Bottom of the summit, the, the Oral Roberts is very good. This is like a 15-point spread in conference. Oral Roberts is uh, pretty legit. And then I think South Dakota State's taking on KC. So you have some summit league, but it is mostly like SWAC, MEAC, Independence, Patriot League stuff. Looks like Colgate's a pretty heavy favorite over Loyola. Even I'm not touching Loyola there, even though I did bet against Colgate the other day. But yeah, both of them, uh, actually, you know what? One MEAC, one SWAC play 
And this is going to be a case of, uh, you know, when you talk about making case for a bet and you talk about, hey, here was a, here's something good about this team. It's hard to do it when these teams are ranked like 330th in the country kind of stuff. It's mostly, uh, this number's awful big and the the favorite kind of does some things bad. But I don't like uh, Jackson State. Actually, you know what, South Carolina State, it played a pretty toughish schedule non-conference. I know we're deep into, I think it's six games deep into conference play. They haven't won one yet. Maybe they get one. Coppin State's pretty bad. Delaware State's pretty bad. They probably win one or two. Last time I proclaimed a team wasn't going to win a single game this year, uh, LIU, the bottom-ranked team in the entire world, they went out and won outright as like a 10-point dog. So I won't pull the shit. Maybe I should shit talk, and then they'll play like crazy. Maybe they're watching, but they are. Uh, South, South Carolina State isn't that bad. They do have some decent shots and some wins here. Today probably isn't it. It's an away spot at Howard, but in that smallish sample size of six games, they are your number one offensive rebounding team in said conference. Extra possessions and Howard, again, smallish sample size. But if you look at their their whole uh, sample of work, they turn the ball over quite a bit. It's it's not been great for, as far as that goes. They're letting teams shoot on them. Their defense is a little s- struggly at times. They can give it up on defense. Uh, the offense has played well, especially in conference. They are 5-1. and one. That's why we're getting a big old price here. So 10 and a half, 11. I'm pretty happy with that. And then Jackson State, down south in Jackson, Mississippi, in the SWAC, taking on Southern. This is another one where, oh, what's something nice I can say? And then granted, like in the seven, eight games that we've seen Jackson State play, they haven't turned the ball over a ton. They're actually shooting, if you take out three-pointers, just regular two-point shots, points in the paint, what that, they're shooting at a decent clip. Their defense is not that bad, all things considered, conference-wise. And Southern, I don't have as, honestly, like, the offenses look good, but it didn't look good until we got to conference play. They started playing some of these schmucks. And really, I mean, they lost Arkansas Pine Bluff. They can lose to anybody. I have this number closer to, like, six. And they've been pretty horrid on the offensive rebounding. uh, the offensive glass so far in conference play. So getting eight there in Baton Rouge. Yeah, the Jaguars of Baton Rouge. So Jackson State plus eight, SC State plus ten and a half, some real garbage, garbage teams. And as Patrick's pointed out, Kellen Moore to the Chargers. That made so much sense after the the announcement was weird and they said, hey, they agreed to part. Well, they, they, the, the, the phrasing, though, was they agreed to part ways. Because mm. somebody's like, oh, Kevin, Kellen Moore got let go. And then the reports come I out. I left they my say, first job. Yeah, and then they said, agreed to part ways. I'm like, oh, man, this guy has another job already, doesn't he? And then like a half hour later, the Chargers, I didn't even put the two and two together. But the Chargers thing came out a, a while later. And apparently, boom, it's happening already. So it's a, yeah, no matter how you feel about Staley, I think it's probably an upgrade in in jobs, all things considered. You get a really good young quarterback, some some talent, and you're not forced to run Ezekiel Elliott a bunch. Yeah, you you don't have to work with Mike or Jerry anymore. So good for them. I don't know. We'll we'll see how it goes. News dump, guys. Speaking of can news, he, can dump, he can he keep players healthy? Is there anything Kellen Moore can do to improve the injury situation? He should like that he somehow follow like, uh, them from San Diego to Los Angeles. 
an investigation into like the medical facilities or the people working there figure out what's going on. Some teams are just snake bitten. That's the 49ers quarterback room. I think another one just got hurt right now. <laughs> oh, I'm going to try these. So the Aussie opens over, but tennis goes on as it often does. By often, I mean 11 months of the year. And the women head to a couple uh, fun locations. One of them is actually a, kind of a bit of a travel spot. Lyon in the heart of France, and Huihin, Huihin, which... I think it's Wawin. Wawin, uh, Philippines? Close, a little further north. Uh, I don't know. Taipei, is that a thing? Oh, Thai. You are, it starts with Thai. Thailand. There you go. There we go. <laughs> who win? Who win? I'm gonna go with that. I like that a lot. So these are some of the more interesting weeks in tennis. Um, it's a big transition week here. You know, um, they leave Australia. The next big tournament is not until the second week um, of February when they go to, um, you know, basically they do the Middle East swing, if you will. There's a tournament in Abu Dhabi. Um, there's a tournament in Doha, and then another tournament in Dubai. So before they do that. Um, they got to scatter all across the world. Um, there's an indoor tournament in Lyon that I have some picks in. Uh, Wawen is in Thailand. That's a tournament that um, it's one of the few Asian tournaments left now that um, we don't play tennis in China anymore. Um, so it's not a bad spot. You just kind of go north. It's an interesting tournament. And then, Andy, there is a clay tournament. I don't have any picks in it right now, but in Cali, Colombia, there's a clay tournament this week. Who's going to that? Like, who's the biggest name there? Um, let me try to see. It was a pretty interesting draw. Let's see who the top seed in the draw is. Um, That's not that much further Reka, than heading... Luca Janney is the number one seed in this tournament. I would say the most popular player, the name that you'd be most likely to real recognize would either be Nadia Podoroska or okay, Haley okay. Baptiste, maybe. I know Baptiste. Um, I suppose the travel spot isn't that much worse than heading to France, but that's weird. Let's not bet on the clay one yet. Let's just stick to the hard courts. All right, we'll stick to the hard courts here. Nothing in the clay tournament in Cali, Colombia. I didn't know there's a place called Cali, but we'll start with Leon. Um, this first match actually starts a little bit after the show here, wraps up. Olga Danilovic, actually about an hour after the show ends here. Olga Danilovic comes through in qualifying. Goes against Jules Nehemiah. Um, should be a really fun match. Two really good young players, but Danilovic in much better form. Again, we love betting on qualifiers coming through. And as I started this, you know, my my numbers spit out 130 instead of the 155, the 160 that you're seeing out there. So, you know, I start with kind of my number at 130, try to tweak it a little bit for, and again, her advantage in form, having been here and already qualified, and then, you know, tweak Nehemiah down a little bit. I, I ended up with a number close to plus 125, plus 120 for Olga here. So happy to take the underdog. Again, was able to get plus 165 yesterday. There's a plus 160 out there. Really anything plus 150 or better looks good um first set over we're going to take um anna bogdan and clara burrell um two players very evenly matched you know the line here does have bogdan as a solid favorite which makes sense to me but again given the form given that we're playing indoors it should generally be a tournament where you're trying to look to play overs um this first set over here at nine and a half of plus money looks great to me. I had this closer to minus 15, almost minus 120 for the over nine and a half. So expecting at least a six, four, maybe a seven, five here. Um, we'll probably try to find an over 10 and a half, but there was nothing up this morning. Um, and then a big underdog, Teresa Martinsova goes up against Caroline Garcia. Garcia generally does play well in her home country of France, but had a really rough match at the Australian Open. It's been playing kind of some funky tennis this year and, 
indoors, Martin Silva is really comfortable. Um, you know, again, another Czech tennis player, not as good as some of the younger women that we've been talking about more these last couple of weeks, but has everything you want from somebody on indoor hard court. So love this plus 450. I had this in the plus 300s, and the five games looks really nice. Um, this is not a match where I really expect Garcia to blow her out. And if Martin Silva can take a set, we're in great shape. Even 6-4, 6-4, 6-4, we've got a cover there. So happy to take the plus five, especially at plus money. Do know you delay the juice for the five and a half. Those are around minus 125, minus 130. So really plus five, plus anything looks pretty good. And then a parlay. I'm going to take two women that generally play very well indoors, really peak during this time of the season. Start with Anna Blinkova. Goes up against Erica Andreva. Andreva, a nice quality young prospect. Should be getting better, but you know, nowhere near the level of talent of Blinkova. And I don't even think we'll actually even get that good. So um, a really nice spot for her. She was minus 170, either closer to minus 225. And put it together with Shuai Zhang who's made a career of not only winning some of these indoor tournaments, but also basically beating every single player as a favorite. She has an incredible record as a favorite indoors. It's stunning. I mean, even better than some of the lines would suggest. And looking at her here, she's minus 185 against, um, where does that number name go? It's uh, Madison Brengle. Uh, it wasn't sure if it was Mona Barthler or Madison Brengle. But Madison Brengle, again, had a nice season last year, was winning some lower events at the W80s, kind of stuff like that. But uh, nowhere near Zhang's overall play, overall level. And Zhang's been great in these tournaments. So, again, you know, she was right around minus 185, and this number right are closer to minus 250. Put the two together, and you get plus 145. Um, Danilovich again is this afternoon. The other three will be early tomorrow morning, you know, tennis and coffee, if you will. And then, um, in Huawen, this one will be very early tomorrow morning. Bianca Andreescu goes up against Harriet Dart. Um, Harriet Dart, a really solid server, has been playing better at some of these lower levels. And Bianca Andreescu has not been playing good tennis. Now, there is a, a chance she comes out here and absolutely smokes Dart. But again, Dart's coming in with the qualifier advantage. Has had plenty of time to work through these courts. Generally, servers do well here. And they hung a nine, not even a nine and a half. That's not a typo. It's just nine. I get to push on this at 6-3 at minus 110. That sounds fantastic. Um, I was hoping to bet a nine and a half at like plus 120, plus 125. This is much better. So um, give me the first set over nine there. And again, that'll be early tomorrow morning. So a little bit of tennis in Lyon, some totals of parlay and some underdogs, and then one pick and one win. And, appropriately enough, because I have a meeting with the golf team in a few minutes here at the top of the hour, let's talk a little golf. Haven't made any bets yet. I will be sending out an early newsletter with some quick notes on the three courses. This is the final week of, so hey, let's of play on three different courses. And it really bothers the, the people who like their to have the stats easily available. Two of the oh, courses don't have shot link. Oh. So you don't get your strokes gain data from Monterey or Spyglass. You just get it from Pebble Beach. So, yeah, everybody will be playing six-hour rounds with Bill Murray and McLemore. And everybody will be playing, you know, uh, three different courses throughout the week before heading to Pebble Beach again for the final round on Sunday. So one more stupid shithead tournament before we go. I can almost guarantee you there's nobody on screen right now that I'm going to be placing a bet on. Maybe Joel Dahman, because I know he's closer to 50 at some other books, and I don't kind of I don't hate his um his course fit here, but I'm gonna run my numbers. Obviously, Noonan and I will have our uh little golf show tomorrow. We'll talk about outright bets. And again, congrats to him for showing me up and getting Max Oma this week. In hindsight, it was pretty apparent how he does well in California, but 
good job to him. And you know what? My matchups won. I did good on matchups. That's what I do. I don't pick golf winners. I pick golf matchup winners. So I had a bunch well, of pushes. They are winners. Not- I did have a bunch of pushes, too. I, I don't mind a good push now and then. I thought I was getting one. My only loss in the week, uh, Guy Birdie's the 72nd hole just nipped me by one. I thought I had one more push in the bag. Really hurt my heart despite having a good week. So best of luck to you guys. Super Bowl props. We'll have some guests over the next two weeks talking Super Bowl props because there's so much to bet on nowadays, guys. Thousands of ways to bet on the Super Bowl. Looking forward to these next two weeks. It's like a cheesecake factory menu. Oh, it really is. So we'll see you guys tomorrow.